0: Hello, my name is Raúl Sanabri, I am the president of Barriere Gold and Silver, a publicly listed company in the Vancouver in the Toronto Exchange uh, (BGS). is our ticker. It's a company is fully focused in Colombia. We have exploration projects in uh, that uh, very prolific
1: jurisdiction. Raúl, nice to meet you. Thank you for the introduction. I'm looking. I've, I've never heard of your company before, and I'm looking forward to getting to know it over the next thirty or forty minutes or so.
0: Perfect, Merlin. Thanks for uh, being here with you today.
1: So. Uh, Colombia, and you've got. Um, I know you've done a few uh, background. You, you've done a few meetings already, or a few interviews with with Matthew. So we don't need to go over the entire uh, company in depth. But essentially, you've got three projects in the in the company, and you brought some of the projects to the company. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, that's correct, Marilyn. So the the company on the private side, uh, I was involved in the in two companies on the private side. Um, we had the Santana Colonial District, the two key uh, mining concessions. Over ten years ago, and uh, it, we had to sell one on, on that stage. And uh, but but the company managed to keep the what is now the Atocha project, 2,600 hectares of prime ground. We always believed in in that project. The number of show wins, the big corridors uh, going through, and that actually that was the project that made the company attracted to be bended into Barriaca. that was a shell, and we finally got the exchange approval in March of last year. So that's one of the projects. The other, uh, it was started by a private group in Vancouver, uh, a group of investors and um, in which I was a part of them. And we decided to go differently. We were in the in the Bolivar region, in the south of the Bolivar province. Uh, uh, by many, the Serena de San Lucas is the richest gold belt in Colombia. And we got an opportunity to get into permitted concessions. And instead of going drilling, we had the idea of drifting a tunnel and start commencing a bulk sample, build a pilot processing plant, and conduct explorations in such a way which we could get some revenues while the market was, uh, was turning. We had a, a series of hiccups and issues, and we didn't accomplish that plan on time. But with Baroyeca, looks like uh, we were more than halfway through the bulk sample when it was acquired by Baroyeca. And it's a brand new uh, processing plant. It's a clean title, and it's accessible. So we got the two projects that the company needed just to get possession quickly with two quality assets in Colombia and our extensive experience. We got over ten years. Uh, personally, I have more than ten years of experience working in Colombia, and everybody in our team, in the senior and management positions, has more than twenty years in the industry, also in Colombia. So we got a strong, a strong uh, team, which is also part of the foundation. Of these companies, a whole package Weberhoefer acquired, so it was very attractive at the time. Um, and
1: Colombia has got a new president. Um, uh, how's that panning out? You know, what's the what's the what's the mood in the country with regards to uh, mineral concessions and uh, your ability to work? Have you seen that changing at all with, with the new
0: president? Well, I rather talk about geology than politics, but I tell you, the feeling of our group. Because we are not in Vancouver relying on, we, we have a fully established team. Uh, those changes won't happen overnight. They won't happen overnight. And uh, the president made some promises during the campaign. And we have to see if he can fulfill those promises when he gets into the office. And he's not in the office yet. He will get in the office in about 10 days. So when, when he's positioned, his main, main uh, program is to stop the oil and gas exploration. But um, he, he didn't pronounce too much in exploration projects for mining. He's uh, We know he's negative on open pit mining in, in the country, but it's still narrow vein, high grade, there's, there's no pronouncement on that. So we don't see that our projects at this current stage and at this current capacity will get by any means affected. We have all the social support, uh, we're in areas that have some mining history, there's other companies more uh, exploring around us, more advanced than us. So it will be a change definitely but it's not going to be a radical change and i don't see my my group my team is not concerned it's not concerned
1: yeah and so it's it's very much business as usual um for your team you're kind of you're continuing to operate on a day-to-day basis uh yeah uh,
0: that nothing has changed
1: up to now nothing has changed okay good um now just by way of summary um when i go through your news releases of your presentation i see you've got these three projects you've got a which is high grade uh Silver, you've completed um, a, a, a high-grade um, set of veins um, which lie within a single structural corridor and you've completed phase one drilling on it and you're, you've moved into phase two drilling on that. Can we, right. before before we go on to the other project, Santa Barbara and um, the, the, um, the coca project, Zabatoca, um let's let's just stick to Atocha um just for now. So let's con- just um I, I saw I saw somewhere that you're trying to um repeat a buruticha Oh no, so that that was in Santa Barbara. So you, so l- l- let's let's just stick with the work that you're doing at Atocha at the moment.
0: Yeah, at Atocha. Atrocha, we are in the middle of the, of the main corridor that forms the, the Santa Ana, Frias, uh, the silver silver belt. It's a primary silver belt. Uh, it goes to, to the south, to El Libano. So there's known mining districts to the known, uh, to the north, which is the colonial Santa Ana, Real de Minas, the Santa Ana. Uh, it's, a, it's a series of dozens of colonial mines, all of them very high-grade silver to the west, we have the Frias mine that was explored, in one single vein. And then to the south, there's uh, El Porvenir, El Papaduel, Sirpe, Vercesia, El all in one single structure. So what happens at Apocha is we have one of those horse tails, one of those places. We are like three, at least three major kilometer, several kilometer long corridors in which we, we understand those are like deformation corridors, shear zones. And now the primary veins are associated to those. So they are responsible in a thrust and fall setting. We can discuss geology. We can do a thesis on that if we want to. But basically, those are the ones hosting the veins. We don't want to target one single vein, one single shoot. We're looking at the, at the structures, at the major corridors. Uh, the first one we, we, we tested was Laye. Laye was the logic one. It was exposed at surface, was really close to an existing road. So it was very easy to access. And... As I said, we didn't we didn't want to test one vein. We tested one corridor. We got like five or six parallel ones in a short distance. We got like two bigger ones and some satellite ones, and we got the numbers we needed. We got more than half a kilo silver equivalent over uh, accumulated widths of half a meter. So they're all mineable intersects. Uh, they're above the average for a silver project, and we tested only the first fifty meters below surface. We didn't want to go I, deeper. We want to go a long strike.
1: So, so these are these are epithermal. Um, veins are they kind of well constrained what you know what's the what's the grade um cutoff you know um tail off outside of the vein so is it, it's high grade vein and then what happens in the wool rock
0: oh that's not much There's i dissemination sometimes when you get in the graphitics it says they are hosted in basement not in volcanics so there's a graphitic cyst or a phyolytic cyst, and you see some pyre, but the, the, the grates are constrained to the veins. And but you mentioned the epithermal. There's more than one event, what makes this really complicated. It's a thrust and fold setting. So you get okay. some primary, primary orogenic veins, they carry some gold, they carry some silver. You can call it a distal uh, intrusion-related system. Uh, you can compare those with uh, those ones in the hearts of Germany, and, uh, here in the Canada, the closest example with the Kennel Hill in the Yukon. So, same same mineralogy, native silver, sulfur cells, um, but uh, very clean in terms of arsenic and antimony. But then there is a very late, very late post Miocene epithermal event that gets remobilized in gold. The veins go almost in the same direction as the orogenic as the ones, they are very close. Uh, they are different texturally, uh, geochemically, they are different. But when they go together, they form shoots. For whatever reason, they remobilize the gold and the silver, they produce the Bonanza zones. So, based on those corridors, we're also looking at the intersection of those structures uh, the epithermal system with the precursor or system. So, this is giving us the, the, the better targets. Okay. So, um, two for one.
1: <laughs> two for one. Um, when you talk about um, mineable widths, you know, in, in in Colombia, what do you consider to be a mineable width? Because when you're talking about mechanized mining, I mean, you're you're pretty much talking about two meters as a minimum mining width. But you 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 you, see, you mentioned fifty centimeters as a, or half a meter as a mineable
0: width. Is is that yeah. standard in Colombia? Uh, there's, there's different variables. And one other thing, we calculated our profits on Santa Barbara. We're going to move that. Uh, we're going to talk about that when we get to the next project because we're doing some of those economics. But in Santa Barbara, we're looking at 20 centimeter, 25 centimeter wide veins, and uh, we got like one meter and a half uh, white tunnels, and we're in the profits. So let's say like six rums per ton gold equivalent over widths of a meter and a half are pretty much decent in Colombia and, and allow you to, to do underground mining. Uh, it's all the labor costs. It's all those uh, costs are way different than in Canada or the U.S. That makes uh, makes a big difference. So uh, from, from a pure geological point of view, we we still have those decent widths. We, we got up to four meters in intersects, four meters widths. So uh, the Atocha is uh, you're, you're having those big widths, uh, meter, two meter plus, which is usually the width of the tunnel itself. The production talent when you when you published the
1: the phase one dr- drilling results you did um 700 1700 meters of drilling in 13 holes and you said that the average was half a meter you got 25 intercepts in the 13 holes and the, the kind of the, the, a rough arithmetic average was a half a meter intersection at 570 grams per ton silver is that is that i mean but that's that's so. so you're going to need to You, you, you need more width or more grade because if you divide the, the 570
0: to um Dilution factor. The factor. Yep. I'm not a mining engineer, um, so you can do a resue, a stoping, There's different methods to mine this. They've been mining in the past uh, uh, by you know the main haulage tunnel and then um, you know all these small drifts and uh, shrinkage uh, stops. stokes. Again, I'm not a mining engineer, uh, but these things usually work, and this is how they work in other places in Latin America because silver mining is 99 of the cases is underground mining. Yes. So, um, uh, but that's, that's the average. It doesn't mean that this is the, the the width that we have to deal with. That we got structures uh, up to four meters wide, two meters wide. As I said, it will be like the the, the width of a, of a production tunnel with no dilution. So um, that what you have is the weighted average of all those thirteen holes. Yeah. yeah. Some of them they hit like four, or five structures. So we're considering the ones that have like carrying the ones that we missed. So. And they and they go for four hundred plus meters along strike, and we haven't tested them below fifty meters below surface. So we haven't got gotten deeper on on that. So um, I've
1: got, I've got, uh, so many questions because I'm so I'm so new to this to this deposit. Um, your phase one drilling, you've moved into a five thousand meter program. It's underway. Um, yes. What's the how are you deploying th- those um, drill holes? Are you extending your your knowledge along um, depth and along strike? Are you targeting different systems? Are you vectoring? How do you vector to the 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 the, the, the Miocene remobilization events?
0: You know, geological mapping is critical. Let's say geophysics don't work in this kind of systems or in this part of the world because of the host rock that we have, the cover that we have, the saprolith, the quaternary deposits that are unconformably overlying. Um, so I mean, geophysics can point some intrusives, but they don't they don't do much. But um, there's good exposures, there's lots of creeks, so prospect uh, prospective uh, work. The guys are the prospectors out. They they find the veins in situ, which is the best pinpoint that we have to, uh, to extend to the next and the next and the next. Um, so that works really well. Mapping works really well. LiDAR was extremely, extremely good tool on the beginning because all those first major corridors that we saw with uh, DEM from, from NASA with 25 meter pixels regionally, they actually were filtered and we were applying different filters with different orientations and uh, <clears throat> different dips of uh, the slopes. And actually we we had like a, magnificent view of the three main corridors and we went to check them in the different creeks where they were intersected in almost in every creek we found the veins so we immediately came to show in, in three months
1: i saw those um, images and i wondered if you'd done lidar but you're saying that was a a state level or kind of a national international um uh digital elevation model that was pre- that you bought from NASA, or was it freely available? Oh, it's
0: free. It's free. So I I got that one for the entire Columbia. I got that a few years ago. But when we did the lidar on the property, at five centimeter pixels, every and we filtered that information. Um, those, those corridors are actually in the corporate presentation. You can see that they're perfectly highlighted. And when we send the crews out for prospecting, and um, so we follow those, those actually corridors. And we found also the veins where some oblique structures were also intersecting. Some bends in the creeks, they indicate all those, yeah. all those intersects. And this is where the veins were found. Three months of ground prospecting, we got more, more than 200 showings. So we needed a place to start. Now, what is the, what is the problem? this area hasn't been historically mined. We don't have colonial mines that we can go and drill deeper under the chutes. We know that these things go deeper and the colonials don't get much deeper than 100 or 200 meters. So you go 300, you go underneath and you are, you know, it's a safe bed. You drill into, into a, known, uh, a known occurrence. So your odds are good in, in, in your exploration, your targeting. Now moving away, trying different zones, how do we know that we're in the sweet spot? Uh, is trial and error. is trial and error. So at La Ye we followed that corridor and we proved it, and we got a higher, higher, uh, higher numbers in the northeast uh, on that part of the of the structure on that particular setting. Now on phase two, we moved to the other side of uh, of a regional fault. Is the Santa it's the Sandaga Creek. It's a down block and. Um, is the paleosurface, the vein was found, and we just used one outcrop, and we drilled out the outcrop and we're going a long strike. So we moved to the south, we were in that lucky, and the last first release, uh, we're almost in a kilo ton silver equivalent to the north, and I can tell you, we have like four or more holes completed in that area, samples are in the lab, we're waiting for the assay results, but it's looking much and much better, so stay tuned on that, because visually the core, we're hitting the structures, they are wider, they're fully loaded with sulfides. So we expect to have the same numbers as we had all a year or even higher. Now, how do we know what is the 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 bonanza zone in the structure? We don't know. And the property is very big. And this is it is a let's see an early stage grassroots project. So if we are successful in the first two targets and we keep if we keep moving and we keep testing targets one after another, eventually. Eventually, it's a matter of time that we will start hitting those zones. So that's why we rather go a long strike in a structure than focusing in going at depth. Because we know for experience, we know how the geometry of the Frias mine, we know the geometry of El Porvenir, we know the geometry of El Oasis, of El Papayo, or the Mayor Santa Ana, the, the colonial mine. We know those are, they go at depth for four or 500 meters, but a long strike, they're not very long. So once we have one of those zones of high-grade, and we know that the, the grids deplete to the, to, on both ends on that shoot, the identified surface, we can always go deeper on phases three and four and delineate those shoots. But right now, on our current targets, the plan will be to define as many as we can, try to identify those higher-grade areas within those structures tested along strike, and then We'll focus on delineating the best ones because we don't know which ones are the best ones. Have you tried um, ground magnetics to pick up structure? There's there's some dikes. Uh, we got some andesitic dykes. Uh, what we're seeing in core is is amphibolitic schist, non magnetic. Uh, we have graphitic chest, non magnetic, but also will give uh, some um, false positives if we try to do IP. We have uh, rhyolite and we have granite. Uh, what we have is a strong sericitic alteration. In the granites and in the rhyolites, associated with the late epithermal events. So when we got the epithermal events, the core looks pale, more clayish. Mm. So there's there's a there's a there's an abrupt alteration of the host rock immediately surrounding the veins, whereas on the orogenic veins, there's only some pyritic alteration halos around the uh, the veins on only on the graphitic chest. It won't affect the mm. amphibolitic chest. Actually, there's no alteration. There's some chloride regional chloride. But there's, uh, there's there's nothing like too magnetic actually in the area. The granites will produce a magnetic load compared with some other volcanics. But this the only volcanics are unconformably overlying the the, the No, uh, I,
1: I, indeed. But um, the, the the beauty about um, a magnetic survey is it just it just somehow picks up structure beautifully, typically.
0: Yes, in- I, I agree. I agree. I agree with you totally. <laughs> lidar lidar has proven the best tool on these projects so far. Okay, so you, you can do your
1: structural mapping through the LiDAR? Yes, yes, and we have completed you, it already. Okay, and do do you, are you able to use that structural map to vector in on intersection of structures, um, on zones of pre- preferred fluid flow, perhaps dilational zones, or, you know, you know have you got a kind of a structural rubric that you can use to, um, help target or kind of help um ascertain which areas might be best or is it just very the case that you have to go systematically testing all of the structures?
0: Yes, we, we did that. We did that with the, either with the primary and the secondary. And that's where we have all these clusters of exposures at surface already identified. And it's not one show but we like clusters of the structures. And they all coincident with the with the regional corridors and the other oblique uh yeah. let's see epithermal related fracturing, uh, mineralizing event. So that's what we get at the Bonanza zones, but on, on the first corridors yeah, from LiDAR we have done all the structural, um, we filter the data, we we did all these slope analysis and uh, slope yep. direction analysis and depth analysis and all different sets and uh, it all like screams, like the systems scream to, to to the screen of the computer. Okay, so um,
1: it sounds as if the, the plan at Atocha is just to keep drilling, keep progressing, keep reporting, you've got some good holes coming, you've just put out some good holes, but it's just you're trying to uh, build up an uh, awareness of the quality of the project in the investment community so that they can see that this is a regionally important silver play.
0: That's totally correct. We're, we're, then, sharing, we're sharing the district with, with another company. We have neighbours. They are more advanced that, than we are. And they are actually proving what, what it actually we're finding. So, again, they are more advanced and they are drilling under the colonial mines. But I can refer to, to uh, the recent asset results. So everybody has an idea of the potential of the district. We just centered into, into the corridor with, with our big land position. So, um, but again, the property hasn't been historically mined or explored. This is all uh, virgin ground. And we're opening our, it's, it's a breakthrough for, for Colombia to be put in the map for Pure Colombian exploration, pure, pure Colombian silver exploration. And um, how long is it going to take you to complete your phase two drilling? Well, we're going slow. We have one rig, and because of the market situation, we want to we wanna keep it like that, be cash conservative until the uh, market reacts to actual results. And, and, and there's a little bit of uncertainty. We're in a bear market that we have a very good deal and rates with, with our drillers uh, and allows us some time for thinking. So we try to avoid that prospecting with the rig. If we have like two rigs, uh, it's going to be too stressful. So uh, particularly when we don't have any de- defined. So if we were in phase three, phase four, going under already known zones, then we can get like two or three rigs. But at this point, we're just using one and being very careful. We put our drill holes.
1: Yeah, excellent. Good. Um, thank you. We better move on to the next project. So let's talk a little bit about Santa Barbara.
0: Yeah, Santa Barbara is, uh, is a pure goal play. So Santa Barbara uh, is uh, is located in, in the Bolivar region, in the southern Bolivar region, and that's very known is is known for for high grade gold veins. Um, there's uh, there's a lot of uh, it's, it's a big area, Cerrejones and is several hundred of the square kilometers, and there's uh, legal and illegal mining activities. So that tells you the potential of the of the district. So you get uh, illegal miners, you get formalized miners, and you get some legal miners as well. Uh, where we are now located is between the Rio Viejo and Barranco de Loba. There's a cluster of permitted mining concessions. So we are on the, right on the road from Rio Viejo to Barranco de Loba, so we have access to the property. Uh, power, the grid is one kilometer away from the, from the property if, uh, in case we want to do development. Uh, the problem with with Bolivar is those veins usually are quite sparse. They are not clustered together, forming a, a tight vein set. So that makes it different. Uh, sorry, different difficult for for a commercial operation, unless you have something like centralized toll milling. And uh, but but that's unlikely a scenario. Uh, everybody's greedy, it's hard to get the permits, it's hard to negotiate. but back in the day uh, when we got this property, we found one of those dilation zones and we got a number of veins very closely spaced forming um, a similar scenario uh, the, of, of a known deposit of well-known deposit in Colombia. So I don't want to be yeah. that that compar- comparable that everybody wants to make. So I want to like stick to the merits of the project itself. So yep. we got almost a dozen veins uh, in less than 200 meters. Those veins are not too wide, so usually 10 to 50 centimeters wide. They pinch as well. They're right lateral um, uh, faults infill with veins. They're hosted in basement, in nases. They are uh, intermediate sulfidation mesothermal to uh, low sulfidation epithermal. they got all these processes. And the average, when we did the, the surface sample, like, more than 60% of the, of the samples that we took returned over 10 grams per tonne gold. So that was actually very good for the first pass. It, wow, what is, what is this? Yeah. And then when we tunnel that, our first uh, channel samples, we did like five meters spacing and we did our exploratory tunnel while we were doing the bulk sampling. And our averages were over one ounce per tonne gold over the width of the vein. Then uh, when we did the crosscut cut we accessed the second vein, we sampled like tighter every meter and we got consistent one ounce per ton on the parallel vein. Uh, when we did all the bulk sample, um, the whole point was to process a large, a large sample. So we're used to one ton, five tons, a track load to send to a pilot lab and do the preliminary testing. We did 500 tons, which is a huge sample. That's a hundred meters of tunnel all in one sample. So we're doing batches that Ten tons each, which was how we designed our plant as a, as a giant uh, replica of a assay lab. So we got the crushing, we got yep. the we got the pulverizing, and we got the homogenizing. so we got two stages of crushing, two stages of milling for ball mill, and then we got the homogenization in what they are the cyanide leaching tanks. So once we get the sample. Had taken from the tunnel, those 10 tons, they are bagged in rice bags. So you get 50, 70 kilos in every bag. They are scrambled at the mine uh, portal. Then they're scrambled when they're loading the truck. They're scrambled again when they're unloaded at the mine. And they get crashed. So you can more or less start homogenizing the sample. So once they get into the crusher, ball mill and get into the the, the agitator tanks and just start agitating, that gets fully homogenized. You take your head-grade sample from there. Um, um, Quick question. When you did the original sampling... Did you get a lot of variability of grade? It is into the 20 grams plus minus 10%. So that is, we don't have any negative effect. The gold, uh, there's, there's some um, uh, thin sections and some studies, they're in the 550 micron particle size. So it's locked with the sulfides, it's locked with the pyrite. So we don't have any VG, we don't have any negative effect. Uh, all those batches are relatively consistent in the 20, 21 gram per ton. Plus minus, and they all average about twenty-four grams per ton. That's a weighted average of the head grades, and that includes some contamination of the wall rock because you don't get the pure sample of the of the vein, like clean the vein. There's some some dirt from the wall rocks when we when we mine it. So but the, it, it's, so it's the, not bad. <laughs>
1: so the bulk sampling exercise isn't really to deal with nugget effect or um, high variability.
0: No, it's it, it, there's a problem when you do resource estimates in these systems, there's, there's a variability of gold depending on if the draw hole intersects the quartz part of the vein, the sulfide part of the vein, or the bridge altered part of the vein. And then it's all about like drilling the space. And if you use like 25-meter centers, you're gonna have some variability. And how closely is space? The cost of drilling will be bigger than the cost of mining. So there's a statistics, there's ways to deal with, but it's, it's a known fact that in these kinds of deposits it's always recommended to do that, to do some drifting and channel sampling at small small, uh, intervals. And and that reduces the variability between drill holes. So we're doing that on the first step, not the last, because I've seen properties and projects failing because of drill spacing or because of the variability of what is intersecting in the core, because it's always, it's a fault zone. If you could have gougy parts, it's poor, poor recoveries in those sections. So that's the only number you have for the resource estimate. Whereas if we have a proper tunnel, we get the vein exposed in its entirety between the distance between two future draw holes that we will do. And that variability will get minimized. And we have a more, more like a composite sample for the length of the chute.
1: Um, so if you've got 10 tons and you multiply it by the gold price, which is, I don't know, 1750. Um, That's 17,500. So you you can recover some gold from each of your bulk samples that you do, which presumably provides you with a decent amount of... um, It covers your costs at
0: least and may even help towards the ongoing exploration. Yeah, that's uh, that's the, the plan that we did in paper. So with those grades, even with uh, with ten to fifteen grams, the the um, if we process three to four batches a month, a month, not even a day, because this is a bulk sample facility. Remember, we're not we're not mining, uh, we're bulk sampling. We're in the exploration stage. So if we go mining, we have to apply for different licenses, which we're currently doing, so we can do the switch very quickly. Um, we submitted all the documentation for that, our mine plan, our work plan, our working environmental license to so go mining. Uh, the, sooner, uh, the sooner possible. But in the meantime, this qualifies as expiration, but the bulk sampling you know, we're doing. But yeah, like if we do like three to four batches a month, uh, is steady, because uh, bulk sampling, the, the advancing the tunnel and bulk sampling is slower than actually mining. We have to be more careful peeling the vein on one side and taking the vein. And we have to allocate every sample, especially where it goes in the tunnel, follow up with channel sampling. So it's a process. So it slows down the the actual speed of um, of processing and the plant, uh, we need to be switched from bulk sampling to continuous mining, which is not a big it's not a big deal. It's prepared, um, but at at least at least with three to four batches, we cover all the overhead for the plant itself, and almost all the overhead of our of our Colombia um, uh, office. So we the defray all the operation costs in Colombia, but drilling in Atocha.
1: Okay, good. Thank you. Um, if it's fine grain gold in a in a in a pirate concentrate, um, what happens to that concentrate? And what are your um, your ongoing um, um, test results from this bulk, bulk sampling? And you know, what is what is it indicating in terms of um, recovery?
0: We 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 achieved more than eighty five percent in our plant in the test that we did. Uh, we did uh, we did some pours on site. And we're in 85 percent with the current plant so we can make it more efficient adding flotation and other elements to the plant but that will be the switch from bulk sampling to mining. Uh, the way it's set up right now allows the entire sample that goes into the crusher to end up in the cyanide leaching tank with no losses. If I do losses then the sample is not representative. If I do this gravity separation by flotation by centrifuges no, we everything that goes in the crusher ends up in the cyanide leaching tank. So, um, okay. and based on that, with all that dirt and contamination, we achieved more than eighty five percent recoveries in the um, in the in the process. Okay. So the cyanide Good. basic cyanide leaching works perfectly on this on this kind of deposit.
1: Okay. Good. So what's the what's the plan for? You, you can you can do hand to mouth exploration, and you can do hand to mouth. You know, by the bulk sampling and the, and the the process of exploration. What's what's the plan for um for, for Santa Barbara as 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 a bigger project?
0: So there's there's two catalysts that we're we're looking at. One is to get the permits approved for mining. Uh, we applied for a small scale mining. We apply for 50 tons per day. So we're not bigger than that. So if we if we can achieve that, we can ramp up production to 50 tons a day. Um, rather than 50 times a month of uh, bulk sampling. So we can speed up with, uh, with actual mining, generating cash flow, and then we can follow up with channel sampling as the meaningful work towards a resource estimate and will bring drills in. So the second catalyst is to have the titles in the company's name. Um, Colombia is not too fast transferring property from one owner to the next. The several steps uh, is, is tedious, it's not a straightforward process and it should be over the counter. It is not. So we expect to have um, from the two mining concessions that form Santa Barbara, that looks like the southern portion is moving faster towards the transfer, which is where the Mariana mine is. The one we're rehabilitating right now is the closest to the to plant the site is 100 meters away. So once we have the title in our name, then we will start with the drilling. Because as long as it's on third party's uh, name, uh, it could be a liability or be a, uh, to the company to do all that work to that third party. So we want to be fully responsible of our mining concession and our practices. So we are basically working on a non-too-invasive way of the projects. And if you know what I mean is, um, so we, we are, we're operating that way. So we have all the operation contract. We have operation contracts. Uh, that fully allows us to conduct expiration. We're just taking it easy until we are the proper owners. It's like okay, doing so renovations so- in a house that you're renting with an option to buy it. And then what happens if you don't buy it? Yeah. So
1: yeah once yeah, yeah. the,
0: the property is in our name and the option agreement is fully fulfilled, then we can. Go full steam with drilling and more, more uh, aggressive exploration on Santa Barbara. We were waiting for that for Atocha. As soon as we got the title in place, we moved the rigs in. So for the moment, we're doing all this bulk sampling, rehabilitating the mines. We are doing some more reconnaissance and prospecting. We're open to new opportunities. We're just patiently waiting for those uh, catalysts. Okay, and um,
1: so sorry, I'm I, I I I'm I'm a bit bit slow on this. So Santa Barbara. When, what is the option agreement? You know, ha, ha, what do you have to do to do that? Was it just a process of, have you agreed the price, but you're just going through the, the speaking to no, local owners? It's, it's,
0: the process is in Colombia. So we are, not, we are not in any problem with the option agreement with the Canadian vendors. So that is fine. We've been like two years of the agreement. Is the transfer from the one that's that, we, um, that we acquire from, the title is not still in the name of the subsidiary company. So Colombia, as for a series of uh, requisites, you have to give the notice of the title transfer, then file the title transfer, then have to review your economic capacity. They have to review that the title is in good standing. They all these obligations from part of the vendor, they are fulfilled. They have to do site visits, et cetera, et cetera. And, and they worked in, in their times, not in ours. So um, the one that actually we filed uh, in, in, in January for the Southern portion, the one we just announced, um, is is, uh, is um, I mean the prerequisite prerequisites are approved, it's a smaller property than the area we're segregating on the northern part which is a larger property and, uh, and the, the, the current title holder is not up to date with these obligations and we push, we push, we push but every time the, 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 the process moves forward towards the transfer there's always something that comes up and delays and delays and delays but the there's often the southern portion is more nice it's more uh, sophisticated people as owners uh, more that's that's what we moved into but decided to um be more aggressive on exploration on the southern portion rather than the north if it makes sense
1: yeah 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 good
0: great and when you when you look at
1: i i I know that you don't want to kind of go too much into the exploration um at um Santa Barbara until you've got the title uh uh consolidated but when you look at it do you consider it to be a uh, the, the 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 analog mine was 10 million ounces at 10 grams a ton more or less uh, you know it, are you thinking big are you thinking this could be a multi-million ounce potential um or is this always going to be a uh a highly profitable small-scale operation
0: no no we're not small scale miners we are not a small scale miners we are explorers so our 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 vision is we we think that Santa Barbara will host a sizable gold deposit so there's a there's a comparison on our website on our presentation with another very known deposit at an earlier stage and just a number of veins with those grades with that strike length with that depth can easily, but that will be a forward looking at the statement. So it's very hard for me to make that. But this is how companies start. You think you have something big and you go and prove it. So this project has all the legs for that. So we got the number of veins, we got the consistency of grades, we've got the right geometry, we have the, the right erosion level. Basically, there's no erosion level. Um, so Santa Barbara will be developed and grown as a large coal deposit. The 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 mine operation is just Uh, moving faster in metallurgical tests, moving faster in terms of uh, resource estimates when we create the the main resource estimate with one vein and one shoot that we can extrapolate to the rest of the veins and uh, it will generate cash flow that will defray operating costs, which is actually what we want to make this company different from the rest so we can generate our own cash flow to pay for our own own office costs. So maximize uh, shareholder value and maximize uh, our cash position into be deployed strictly into exploration.
1: Yeah, good.
0: Um, um. Right now, the third project
1: we, we haven't got much time on this, but um Zapoteca. Um, it's a it, it's a new project. Uh, you you in the news release you describe it as that maybe this is. Um, uh, Barryeka, opening up as a as a project generator, which makes me think that you're probably not going to want to fund this yourself. You're looking for a partner on this, but it's it's all about opening the opening up of um, Colombia as a as a as a territory where the stratiform, um
0: sediment-hosted
1: copper deposits can be found.
0: Yeah, that that is that is uh, one one point. This is this is um, sorry, there's a noise outside. There's um. So Barrique is focused on, on Atocha and Santa Barbara, but we're opening to finding more things in Colombia. We have the knowledge. And remember that only Colombia, like 3% of the country, or around 3-4% of the country is covered with mining concessions and about 10% with mining applications. And there's three quarter years and there's world-class discoveries. So there's a lot of ground to explore and we know where the belts are. So we can we can open for, uh, we can open ourselves to be a, uh, for JV partners and and that's one of the reasons I got these comments from uh, actually John Robbins from uh, discovery group the company we just joined or the group of uh, companies in Vancouver now we are part of and we're gonna unlock all the potential that Colombia has to offer so it doesn't need to be gold and silver we're opening to any other commodity is uh, the copper was just a lucky strike that we got our geos out and um, and it wasn't even a prospecting around that we found all that copper like leaching from from those, um, those stratiform beds. And we know that there's, there's another junior company that is putting also climbing the map for these uh, copper uh, copper deposits, stratiform deposits in Cesare in the north. And they are not known in the Santander region. So this is very close to our office. It's about 40 minute drive on paved road and the outcrops are actually by the road. I'm surprised that nobody has seen them before. Uh, so what we did, we just got 4,000 hectares, we followed the stratigraphic contour of that unit and we just covered a large block. So we don't know how big that might be, uh, but this but is a start. So that's our first step towards becoming a project generator. If we keep finding uh, more things, we can get our geos moving to some areas that are not covered with mining concessions or any exploration uh, applications. And they have potential, we're going to get our geos out and if they find something, we're going to st- stake in ground. And um, you never know, we can, uh, instead of acquiring projects and paying for those projects, we can actually stake our own projects. Um, yeah. Colombia still has that opportunity and give that opportunity to uh, to our shareholders. Getting our own ground, why not? Uh, Raúl, great. Thank you.
1: Well, it's really nice talking to you. Um, lots going on in the country and lots going on in your company as well. So, yeah. Um, I look forward to seeing how the Bonanza grades at uh pan out. I'll be keeping an eye on those drill rigs uh, as they um, as they deliver the results at Toche, picking up those that, that new ground in the south. That's that's particularly interesting. Um, Santa Barbara. It'll be good to see uh, the progress there. Obviously, I think the perhaps the the greater excitement will will come once you've got those um, those options bedded down. In the title in your uh, in your own name because then you'll be free to really advance those projects at the at the pace that you want to develop them. And uh Colombia, what an exciting country. And when you can pick up things like um uh, Zapoteca, that's that's just fantastic.
0: Great. Thanks Merlin. Thanks a lot for uh for time.
1: Pleasure. Nice talking to you.